Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome back to The Conversation. Today we're going to talk about manifesting, how we're aligning our thoughts and our actions, which is not that different than we've talked about in the past, but it's actually been a topic that has come up in several of my client conversations, my side conversations, where they are in the process of manifesting more money, manifesting job opportunities, just manifesting, manifesting, manifesting. And there's this idea that they look at the current circumstances and there is a sense of panic. And the corresponding thought, I need to do something. And the idea of planning or daydreaming or visualizing does not seem like an action move. So they start doing something, being in action, even though it doesn't feel like an alignment. It feels forced. It feels efforting. It doesn't feel natural. It actually feels like work. Now, before I go too far into this idea... I do want to say or make the distinction. This is it. I want to clarify the distinction. I just don't want to say it. I want to clarify (laughs) the distinction that I'm not talking about no effort. There is a certain amount of effort expended, but it doesn't have to be a struggle. In order for me to quench my thirst, I need to reach out and grab the water and bring it up to my lips. That requires effort. But it is of no big consequence because it's aligned with my desire. And so there is a difference between effort and struggle. Effort and efforting. Efforting implies struggle. Efforting efforting is the default mode when we panic, when we're in fear. I need to do something. I need to, you know, at least be in action. And there's, if you're not in action, there is a feeling of guilt. I need to be doing something. I want to talk about in this episode that thinking, focusing, visualizing is doing the work, doing the initial work. It is a requirement. If you proceed in action without visualizing, without aligning what your intention is and how you have to be in relationship to that, then it is a struggle. In an interview one time, Henry Ford, one of the leading manufacturers of the time early in the 1900s, he was a premier manufacturing concern. He created the Model T Ford. Now, in his own words, he said, I have no special skills. I'm not that smart. I work by trial and error for the most part. But I do have a singular skill that seems to set me apart from most men. I have the ability to focus on one thing. For five minutes. Let me say that again. He had the ability to focus on one thing for five minutes without distraction. He also said that thinking is the hardest thing a person can do. Now, thinking is not regurgitating thoughts, it's not being in a vicious circle that goes round and round, it's actually figuring something out, creating something new in your mind. He said that thinking is one of the hardest things to do as a human being. That's why so few people actually do it. And so in a moment, we'll talk about how to think about your manifestation, how to think about your intention. 
But I want to talk about the problem that typically exists when we don't engage in the thinking, in the pre-planning, the pre-paving of our intention. We feel the fear, we feel a lack, and we have a knee-jerk response. We do something just to be in action. There is a screaming urgency to what we're doing when we need to be focusing on what's most important, and that is alignment. One client said, well, I don't have the luxury of doing that. I'm in a job that I don't like. I don't like this job. And it's day in, day out. And I feel as if when I'm not in action, I'm being out there and applying for new positions, applying for new opportunities, that I'm being lazy, that I'm, I feel guilty for actually not being able to do anything. But it feels like such a chore. It feels like such an effort. And I suggested to her that right now she's making money. Right now she was just promoted. And so if she was to invest herself 100% in this moment, she would still have 80 hours a week to focus on creating new opportunity. So let's just fantasize for a moment that this new position, this new uh, opportunity is an opportunity to become in alignment, to actually think deeper about what you want to create, to think about more of the details about what you want to draw in. And that then we began expanding on that. And then I want to talk briefly about another client who looked at their bank balance and then panicked. And in their words, they said, reality set in. I've kind of been in la-la land, not paying attention to the numbers. But once I actually saw the figures, saw the bank balance, I panicked because reality set in. And I beg to differ. Reality did not settle in. Fear settled in. So you look at the bank balance and then you see what you actually need to bring in and there's a deficit. So you just need to bring in X number of dollars. No emotion. But the moment we panic, the moment we address fear to it, the moment we get have this angst about it, the same thing about the job search. There's an angst about not moving forward, not, not being in action. Well, It doesn't matter what you do because whatever you do is probably not going to be in alignment. It'll probably feel like efforting. It will feel like struggle. Lifting that glass to your mouth to quench your thirst will feel like a thousand pound weight. Or you and the rest of the world, a 500 kilo weight. But my client with a bank balance issue brings up a process that a lot of people put themselves through. They think that by being pessimistic, by seeing the worst side of it, by getting connected to the the worst case scenario, how bad things could get is actually dealing with reality. No, it's all made up. The facts of the matter is you have X number of dollars, X number of outgo. You need to generate X amount of income in a certain amount of time. Everything can turn on a dime. Time constraints seem to be or create the greatest amount of fear, but any everything can change at the snap of a finger. It's just that we bring our beliefs about time and how much time it takes, how much struggle or how much effort is involved, and then we create fear. So first off, we want to get clear about the parameters, about the facts of the matter. How much money do we need? By when? Then we get curious. I wonder how that can happen. I wonder how many different ways that we can create that. It can happen. It can be solved in an instant. But with that fear attached to it, we think we have to be in action. We have to do all this effort. We have to struggle. It's so hard to make money. See, all that is extra baggage around your intention. It actually gets in the way of you manifesting the things you actually 
want. So how do you begin thinking about the money aspect of it? How do you prepave the way? How do you visualize what you want to draw in? Well, you settle on an amount, the basic needs of what you want to draw in, and then you always leave the door open for more to show up, but you need to settle in on a specific number, a specific idea. And then how do you want to draw it in? You want to magnetize the money. You want to draw it in easily, and you can suggest some possibilities based on your current knowing on how that might happen. You know, how many clients could you bring in? Would you just need one client to bring in on a regular basis? If you only have to find one, that gets really easy. If you only have to find two, that gets really easy. Once you kind of wrap your head around how it might come in because you want a sense of believability about it, just a a sense about it. It doesn't have to be believable, but you need to have a sense that it is doable. It's possible. And you reduce it down to the ridiculous, down to as, as easy as possible. And then what kind of clients, what kinds of opportunities do we want to draw in? We want people that are ready and willing to work. We want people that are willing and see the value in what you have to offer. They see the value in you. They're sold on you. They're excited to get started. Those are the kinds of people that you want to draw in. Like when I first got started in coaching, if you showed up as a potential client and you said, I have a problem, I would say, I have a solution. And you would say, I have X number of dollars. And I would say, I'll take it because I was somewhat desperate to work with anybody. Now, what I did is I attracted a lot of people that were resistant, a lot of people that struggled, a lot of people that didn't follow the advice, weren't really invested in the program. They wanted me to fix them. They wanted an easy solution. They weren't ready and willing to show up and do the work because, frankly, on this side of the aisle, I can only do so much. There is a certain amount that you, as a client, needs to show up with, a certain amount of energy, a certain amount of commitment in order for anything to work, because I can't do it for you. But early on, that was not part of my manifestations. I just wanted to work with clients. It didn't matter what you were going through. It didn't matter your mindset. But as time went on, I realized that I needed to call in specific types of people, people that are ready and willing to work. Now, in my other client that was looking at the career, since she's already has a position and she's she doesn't have any fear of losing that position, she's actually she's actually doing quite well in that position. This is when you begin daydreaming. This is when you start visualizing the circumstances that you really want. So, when you're entertaining this idea about a position with let's say a software company. So you're imagining this position Do you want to work from home? Do you want to be home-based? Or do you want to split your time between the home and the office? Or do you want to specifically go to an office, go to a workplace? Does it involve travel? Do you want to travel one or two days a month? Do you not want to travel at all? Or do you want to travel a little bit? Or do you want to travel a lot? Would you like to work overseas? Do you want to be location independent? How do you want to get paid? Do you want to get paid by the hour? Do you want to get paid by the project? Do you want to get paid as a salary? And then you get, you know, you have a certain amount of money coming in every month and then you do whatever works required in the meantime. What about the people you want to work with? What do you want their energy to be? You want, do you want an environment of cooperation? Do you want an environment of competitiveness? Do you want people that are smarter than you that push you to, you know, your boundaries? 
Or do you want to be the top dog in the pack? How do you want the company culture to be? Do you want it to be fun, a gamified atmosphere? Do you want it to be serious? you want it to be, you know, working on really hard projects? Do you want it to be a contribution to the world? Or can it be like a game facility? We're still in the software idea. And then how do you want to structure your time? Are you responsible for how you manage your time? Do you have deadlines and commitments? Do you work on a project? Or do you work with a team or do you work independently? How do you want to structure your time? Are you required to come into the office a certain amount? You see, there's a lot of different variables that we can daydream about, that we can design the ideal situation. And this is really how you want to do it. If I was to design the ideal situation, the ideal circumstances, the ideal client, the ideal boss or work environment, or we can even expand this to relationships and other life circumstances, what would it be like? What would my ideal day be like? And that's where we daydream. Another way of talking about daydream is visualizing or imaging. And so when you're in the process of visualizing and you perceive a potential downfall, obstacle, struggle inside your visualization, that's a call to engineer a scenario where that does not exist. You actually create the circumstances where that phenomena, that struggle is non-existence. For instance, I used to not want to make a lot of money because I thought if I had a lot of money, all my friends, even strangers, would be asking me for loans. And that was really a put-off. That was a turn-off for me making a lot of money. Then I decided that, well, let's say that I do make a lot of money. I'm going to create the circumstances that the people surrounding me have more than enough, that they have no interest in asking for a loan. In fact, they're so respectful and admirable of the fact that I'm generating an income, however much it is, that it is mine to do with as I please. They are self-sufficient, they are self-generating, and they are winners in their own right. You see, what I did is I took a potential struggle, a, a limiting belief in my mind, and I created in my mind's eye energetically the circumstances that me bringing in an abundance of money meant that I was surrounded by people that supported me in my efforts. They have no interest in my money. Maybe they want to be interested in how can I create value for you, but they don't want a handout. In the perspective of my client that was looking for the job, the career, she didn't want a contentious or biased workplace. Women are not typically computer engineers. Neither are women of color. And both of those, she thought in her mind, might limit her in some way. So we created the opportunity, the circumstances in her mind, that she would be in a situation that would recognize and admire her unique contribution. The fact that she was a woman, the fact that she was a person of color had nothing to do with her contribution. She could be seen on the merit and the testament of her contribution all by itself. In fact, everyone thought she would be a value add to the entire operation. This whole process is where we get to be the storyteller. We get to be the creator of our reality. We so often acquiesce to problems, perceived issues that we see in other places or circumstances that we've encountered in the past, thinking and projecting them into the future. You can design it any way you want. 
how you design it, the energy that you set up around it is what you're going to draw in. In my five-step manifesting guide, step number one is getting clarity, clarifying what you do want. Most people are reactionary in nature. They see a circumstance and they have a knee-jerk response to be in action, to do something, create something that is not that. They don't invest the time because it feels like a waste of time. They don't invest the time in visualizing, projecting out exactly what they want, the circumstances that they do want. Most people are in such a hurry to move away from a particular circumstance that they're not looking or creating what they do want. They're focusing on what they don't want. Now, as you visualize the opportunities and the circumstances that you really want to draw in, you may not think of everything the first time. So you revisit it, you you embellish on it, you get the finer and finer detail. Let's say that you want to work in a cooperative workforce, but you don't want everyone to agree with you. You don't want everyone to you know not talk about the things that they really want in case they're in conflict. So you have a workable relationship. You have a, a workforce that is cooperative in nature. And when circumstances arise where there's disagreements, everyone is adult about it. And it's stated out in a way where it's a win-win opportunity. Everyone's focused on a win-win. So it's not that there's no conflict whatsoever, but when conflicts do arise, even in relationships, you know, personal relationships, those situations are going to arise. Conflict is going to arise. Different points of view are going to be there. So how do you want it handled when they do arise? How do you want problems to be handled when they do show up? We want to align with our intention energetically in our mind, in our beliefs, and in our actions. According to what you visualize, then you start taking action based on that created scenario. And that's how we be in action. That's how we be in inspired action because the action arises from our vision. So I want to repeat and reaffirm. Taking time to daydream, taking time to visualize exactly what you want is not a waste of time. It's the most valuable investment of time that you can make. It prepaves everything. It makes everything easier. And it leads to and opens up the door for inspired action. And again, a lot of people don't like to be limited, you know, based on what they're visualizing or based on what they're planning or what they detail out in, uh, in their plans. That's okay. This is where you invoke the miraculous. And if you're not familiar with that, I have an episode especially for that. I also have a PDF download that talks about how to design invoking the miraculous. How it works is I'll describe it right here. It's a statement or a declaration you make for yourself. What I just laid out, what you just visualized, what you just intended, what I just laid out is according to what I can currently see. And it's the best plan I can come up with for now. But I'm opening up the door for something even more amazing, more marvelous, more fantastic, more phenomenal to show up than I can currently conceive of. 
This is powerful because when I can align to the best laid plans that I can come up with and all the struggles and all the mucky muck of it has been engineered out of my scenario, I can feel really good about that. And if I feel good about it then, and then I open up the door for something even more amazing, more marvelous, more fantastic to show up, then I get excited about that. That That is me aligning my energy with that manifestation. That's me aligning my vibration. It may seem like fairy tale. It may seem like it's not grounded in reality or practicality. That's okay. Many things aren't. When they first built the Empire State Building, it was a fallacy. It was ridiculous to think that they could build a building that tall. In the words of Nelson Mandela, there's no such thing as impossible, only things that haven't been done yet. Until next time, this is your friend and host, Daniel DeNovi, urging you to follow your bliss. Live your life from inner signals. Be inner-directed as you engage in the epic adventure.